Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Hey, Rob. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? So good. So good. You sound like you're mellow. Yeah. Do you have a a beverage with you tonight? (laughs) Big, tall glass of water. Uh Um, Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, yes. I did eat my ice cream before, so that might be what you're getting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sure. A diabetic coma. Yeah. (laughs) You say that, but it might be true. (laughs) Um, yeah. So how how are you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty all right. I'll take it. You're going on uh vacation soon. Yes. Yep. Uh, right around the corner here. So trying to get everything squared away before we leave town, uh, which of course means all of the people who have needed to get back to me for weeks and weeks are suddenly reappearing. <laughs> Uh, that's how that goes. Uh, but I'm looking forward to some time away because, um, I think, uh, I usually come back from trips like this with kind of a refreshed, uh, outlook on things. Um, so being able to unplug and, and think more big picture, not tactically, um, usually is pretty helpful. I'd agree with that. I think, um, getting a little bit like all of my creative thoughts on business stuff seems to happen. Um, when I'm not going into the office for a couple of days in a row and then I come up with something real off the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually see something that it feels like in retrospect it was sitting right in front of my face and I just missed it. You know, like what, whatever that is, I always feel like I come back from time away that I'm like, okay, it was totally worthwhile for me to do this because like, I clearly was never going to see that really obvious, whatever, you know, option or, or person to reach out to or whatever. Um, that I was just too stuck in the weeds on things. So, um, so yeah, that's always been hard for me about, um, lawyering and billing hours. Um, because so much of lawyering is like mulling something over. Um, and so just considering it, uh, kind of somewhat passively. And there's so many like shower epiphanies where you're just like, oh, it should be this way. <laughs> you know, and that's like the best work. And it's not when you're sitting in front of the computer, like hammering anything out. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I tend to have a hard time stopping my mind and, but it like the way that it rolls is kind of on a, you know, not at a super high level, right? Like it, you know, is not, the best of me, but it is consistent. And so I feel like being able to unplug from that, I often get an opportunity to think just differently. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting the way your mind works that way. And like, I mean, you know, the quintessential like thoughts in the shower, but like there's other, uh, I sometimes do the same thing running, like, you know, when I'm trying not to think about anything, that's, that's when it happens. So, um, yeah, M- mysterious how the mind works. Yeah, I'd agree. It's kind of always running. And I feel like my subconscious is pretty clever sometimes. <laughs> um, so I want to talk today about collaboration. Um, I've had a few opportunities here recently. I think I alluded to it on the last show where I'm starting to work on some like bigger opportunities, bigger clients, but with that comes greater needs. And so I'm starting to work with within kind of a network of freelancers, you know, 
And, um, that's the first time, you know, I've had this break, this, this multi-year break of having to do much of that. Um, and these are all largely like remote people that are other freelancers. So we are operating not quite the same as what I'm accustomed to from, from days of jobby jobs, you know? Um, but I think that dichotomy of, of kind of collaboration where it's beneficial and where it's not beneficial, uh, might be interesting to talk about. I, yeah, I'm into that. Um, I have had, you know, I have four people and we're a four person firm now and it's, it's remarkable the difference, um, kind of coming to a consensus, even with that many versus one, um, a lot of the stuff I do, I don't need to have a consensus with anyone on, so it's not really relevant, but the things that do need, even though we're all um, like-minded, it's a real it's a real issue. Um, and I think, you know, you pointed out when we were talking earlier that um, when you're trying to build a consensus and come up with something that everybody likes, you do wind up with a more uh, milk toast kind of lame um, version of the original idea. Cause if you have this really cool off the wall idea that might be like news grabbing, um, type of thing, usually it doesn't hit somebody right. And, you know, holes get poked into it until it's more in the middle, which is why I'm always really surprised when big companies do something really crazy and off the wall, you know, like respond to Donald Trump on Twitter <laughs> or something. And you're like, you know, that's a huge company. How did they get the consensus to do that? Cause you know, so many, there were boards of directors involved and, um, I really wonder how, how people manage to have like interesting marketing strategies and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, I, I'll point to a real example of what you're describing that I have thought about a lot. And that's the, like the resurgence of the brand old spice. Like I remember when I was like nine years old and our grandfather gave me old spice for Christmas and like the aftershave. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? That was the same Christmas. He gave me a bicycle license plate with my name spelled wrong. Yep. On it. yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, it was, it was your grandfather's aftershave, you know, for, for decades. Right. Like, and, and now you see them and you see their commercials that are just like, you know, a, a shirtless guy riding a unicorn through a brick wall. And you're just like, I mean, it's great, right? Like, and they've got like way more market presence than they would have otherwise. You know, you think of some of the like, you know, uh, similar brands, maybe like the the Arm and Hammers or you know something that are just kind of like rich historic brands of of uh, you know per- personal health kind of stuff that are have not done that, right? <laughs> you know, and and Old Spice has definitely uh, done it successfully, but. I think about what it must take and and we've all worked in, you know, group environments. I'm sure you've met resistance from like the partners at old firms, like the, the establishment, right? Like I, I think about places I've worked whenever I'm like, well, the people that are, who's, you know, butts are on the line who, who are gonna, whose names are on the door, right? Like are never going to sign off on this. And it's like, even if it's a good idea, it's just not now, you know, it's like, Oh, that's a great idea for later. And we're not ever, actually going to do later. And yeah, I just think about like what it must be like for a company of that size to come together and come with, come up with some, such an outrageous plan and, and to get buy-in, you know, I mean, um, I had a friend reach out to me. We talked a little bit about this, uh, off the show, uh, with a business idea 
uh, not uh, last week, week before. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a cool idea. You know? And the more we talked about it, he's like, yeah, I've already talked to this guy and talked to this guy and they're all on board. And I'm like, whoa, why do we need five people to do this? You know? Cause it wasn't a, uh, wasn't that kind of business. And like, to me, I was just like immediately like, oh, this is kind of tainted now. Like I, like, you know, the opportunity to do this great has, has probably passed just by the fact that we've invited a bunch of people, either that, or we've raised the bar of the challenge of getting everyone on the same page and bought in, you know, and like that emotional labor, uh, like which may or may not even be possible of trying to get everyone on the same page and moving in the same direction has just made everything a lot more difficult. Yeah. That is, and so I was advising a client um, earlier this week. Similarly, it's an issue where everything's really emergent and there's a board of directors. And so um, the CEO is going around to each board of directors member saying, hey, can I, you know, we need funding like yesterday. So can I make this offer to this person? And they'll come back and say, no, change this, change this. Um, and she's like killing the deal before, <laughs> before she can even make an offer to anybody. Um, and so the advice was like, don't talk to anyone, put together your best offer, go out there, see what you can get from people. And then when you have a final thing, bring it back to the board because, you know, this method of trying to like build consensus on every step is just bleeding them dry and they don't have the time. Um, and they're not able to make, I mean, cause the right offer probably is something that negatively impacts like each director a little bit. <laughs> so they're never going to get that. Um, if they, if they try to use consensus to get there. Yeah. And that's, that's what's tough about teams, right? Like when you have teams and you have groups, all of a sudden, like the hierarchy is introduced. Like someone needs to be in charge. Like you, someone needs a grant permission to whatever that is. And, and oftentimes it creates like the, the labor of like, uh, standing meetings and progress reports and, you know, uh, to do app or, you know, like all of a sudden like things get that way. And, um, that's often kind of the opposite of innovation. And, um, you know, occasionally you get these situations where everyone's bought into the same vision and it, and it becomes a little bit more streamlined, but like someone, anytime you have someone that has to quote unquote sign off on stuff, it feels like something's going to be lost or tweaked in that situation. Um, we used to have when, when I worked uh, a couple of agencies ago, we did a lot of websites and there's a joke amongst us that, uh, internally that every time we showed a new site to a client, um, they always had, well, almost always their feedback included, they wanted their logo to be bigger, you know, and like it, it would be so just obnoxiously large, like it would overwhelm the page, you know, and like it's, they've come to your, you know, your domain, they like, they <laughs> They get it. It's your website. Um, and so, yeah, they know who, whose website they're on. <laughs> yeah. Like they can get there by accident, you know? And so we would like make the site, we were proud of it. And then we'd go in and, and shrink the logo down. <laughs> so before we send it to the client so that when, then they could be like, Oh, make the logo bigger and we'd make it bigger back to like a normal size. And it makes sense. But like, that's the kind of weird stuff you find yourself doing in situations like this, just so that the work that comes out the other end is something you're proud of. Yeah, that's that's hilarious and smart and true. I mean, I've been on a million boards 
um, and on student council since uh, sixth grade, basically to present, if you can count all the bar association stuff. And um, yeah, you have a good idea. And it's just like, it gets tanked um, by, by a consensus. That's why I could never be in politics. Um, so, and that's why being a freelancer is so cool because you can do something really, truly different. Like, um, it, you know, and, and you're, you just have to not talk yourself out of it. And that's a lot easier than having to not let 10 people talk you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's both a blessing and a curse, right? Cause like the keys are in your hand, like you could drive off the levy if you wanted to, <laughs> like, um, you know, to some degree, there's no one stopping you. And to another degree, there's no one stopping you. So if you have like some sort of passion project you want to roll with, and maybe that becomes something interesting and becomes something uh, that you can monetize or, you know, or get you notoriety in a way that's helpful for growing your business, then like do that, you know, like there's no one, um, at the last two jobby jobs ad, uh, in both situations, I went to the owners of the company and said like, Hey, I'd really like to do a podcast. Like I think podcasting is a future of, of marketing. I think that, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that, um, are beneficial that we, you know, that we as a company could benefit from by getting on kind of the early stages of this. And this was, you know, I, I don't know, seven years ago or something. So it wasn't even that early in the life of podcasts, but before it become mass market, and both times, you know, someone was like, oh, you know, in one situation, they're like, oh, well, we don't, you know, we're, we're at this kind of firm. We don't do podcasts, you know? And in another situation, they were like, oh, do you know how much time it takes to do a podcast? And like, you know, like all from someone that had never done a podcast, right? Like, and, and so that's the kind of feedback that you get that's just like, uh, and you're like, I'm not going to fight you to work harder to grow your company, right? Like that's not what I, like if, if I'm offering to do something, uh, and you know, above and beyond. And if you don't want me to, that's fine. Like I'll go do it for myself. Um, I had one of the bosses was like, we'll put together a proposal on how this fits into our ultimate marketing goals. And I was like, what, <laughs> you know, like, no, thanks. Uh, I want to do this cause it's fun and it'll help your company. And if you don't want me to, that's fine. I'll just go do my own podcast and unfederated was born. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's tough. I mean, like in some situations, yeah, I would question, I guess I'd love your input on this, but I would question whether productivity is ever improved in a, in a collaboration setting. Um, my, all of my MBA classes, like every project was a group project because group work was the future of work. Um, kind of missed the boat on like the digital nomad, <laughs> you know, uh, trend. Um, but so I would question whether productivity ever improves, but, um, but I think whether innovation improves in a collaboration setting, you know, that's a harder pill to swallow. Cause I think a lot of people, uh, really assigned to that. What say you? Yeah, what say you? Um, yeah, I, I had a actually really productive meeting um, with somebody else, not just myself, um, uh, this afternoon. And I went over to my mentor's house and we sat down and we, we were basically coming up with like every bad thing that could happen to a company so that we could draft a really good uh, terms of service. To So it was very much a thought exercise and talking through the way the business worked. And, and I understand, you know, like we have different areas of law that we practice. So getting to kind of weigh in, that was more productive. That was a good use of multiple people. Um, like our time, because, <laughs> you know, 
there was nothing that needed to be put to paper. It was like something needed to be considered and talking that through with another person who knows what's going on is helpful. But (laughs) I'm real struggling to find another time that made a lot of sense. I mean, I I certainly, I, I always try really hard to get companies I work with who have multiple involved uh, owners or parties to pick one to communicate with me because I don't want to be cat wrangling the whole time and everyone has different ideas and nobody wants to pay me to be smoothing out the lack of consensus between all of the representatives I'm supposed to talk to, you know? So for me, it makes sense to get one person to talk to me when I'm representing people. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a rare situation in which you're productive with, or particularly innovative. Um, I think that you can certainly, um, have meetings where things are more thoughtfully considered. I think that's probably the role for multiple people. It's like, thoughtfully considering an issue <laughs> because as you pointed out, people like to um, punch holes in, in ideas in meetings. And if that's the point of a meeting, <laughs> then that's great. Um, but if it's uh, not, you know, and, and that's from my perspective, I really like to build consensus and um, have everyone on the same page and feel like they won or um, feel like their idea is like being heard and, um, I have people I work with and admire who are um, much more like self-confident and and they will have an idea that's really off the wall and say it in a big group and that big group is just like, that's a terrible idea. And they're like, no, it's not. It's brilliant. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, and I wish I had that level of self-possessedness, um, but I, I don't. I wind up kind of internalizing everybody's response to determine whether or not it was a good idea in my own opinion. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that example you gave is a a second ago of like the brainstorming is really interesting. I'm sitting here thinking like, what is it about that? Um, that is beneficial because that's, that's a great example of when it is constructive. Like you guys each have unique, uh, experiences to pull from and you're each thinking about it differently. Like, you know, finding blind spots that, that the other may not, you know, recognize. And, um, but like you know, for me, I'm, I hearken back to my MBA classes where there's always like one or two people in the group. They were just like lazy, you know, that like, like, and it like saying no to stuff or poking holes to stuff is always a lot easier than like, uh, supporting something or, or, um, you know, pushing something forward. And so that's, you know, those kinds of personalities then become huge hurdles in those kind of situations. But if everyone's on the same page and looking for the same goal, you know, all of a sudden you've got, you can pull from a lot of different uh, experiences and resources to, to push something forward and, and hopefully a significant way. Um, you could probably still argue whether it's worth the time and effort that goes into the group meetings, you know, that, that are often required. Um, you have to be diligent about that, but, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if there, there's unique situations, but we wind up finding ourselves. I think we can agree, even if there is a situation that like multiple people, um, putting their heads together makes sense for, uh, 
those are not the majority of the meetings. <laughs> so there's a lot of ones. And I guess as we've talked about this, I, I think um, probably having a sense of stalwartness to your ideas before going into any kind of meeting or working with other people, kind of pep talking yourself is probably really important because um, ultimately people take their cues from each other. And if you're just really tenacious and, um, convincing that your idea is really good because it probably is, <laughs> it's probably better than the neutral taupe or, uh, <laughs> like, you know, um, lame, like colorless idea that was going to come out of the machine of multiple people. If your idea is really good, then, um, you know, you should fight for it instead of kind of deferring and, and mellowing it out. Also, I think um, giving strategically uh, parsing out uh, decision making is really, really helpful. Like if you're in a group and you're saying, I'm working with people and saying, okay, well, I think we can all agree that this one person gets to figure this out and make that decision, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then you're able to um, kind of harness that productivity of a single person acting alone and not um, have the diffusion of responsibility that happens. Yeah. Not everyone has to come to consensus to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your consensus is just who's going to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's a lot easier than... Um, than trying to make each individual decision. That's when I set up companies. That's a big consideration because a lot of times people don't realize how companies work. Like, um, and usually they work by everybody kind of um, delegating their authority as an owner of the company in one or a few people. Um, so, like, if you have a five-person LLC, you know, you're going to choose one person who's the manager and who can sign checks because you can't have five people signing checks. Um, and you can't have five people involved in every single decision. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking and it's been hard for me to miss, like, uh, with this new group of freelancers I'm working in, there's just this natural, um, we're naturally all share some values because we want to do the project. You know what I mean? Like we, we want to get to the finish line. We want to, you know, um, get the okay or the sign off from the client. We want the project to be successful. Like we're all incentivized very much. So, I mean, financially and otherwise for it to be successful. And so there's not anyone just like sitting back and, and, you know, poo pooing on all the ideas. <laughs> Cause like that's, you know, that person's not helping, right? Like they, there's nothing to be gained from that in this situation where, in like a, a jobby job setting where you might have, you know, internal power struggle kind of conflicts, you know, or someone just wants to be the one that has the, you know, that's, that's half a step higher on the organizational chart or wants to think they are, you know, you get those kind of di uh, dynamics at play, which, which just become more challenging or you're all working so closely together that someone has some hostility about a different situation that they're bringing into this situation. And, um, whereas, you know, this collective of freelancers that's like, you know, we have history together, but it's not like that, you know what I mean? Like, um, and so it, it's to that end, it's not nearly as, um, challenging, but, uh, just having the commonality of all wanting to be successful and see the, you know, the product launched and the business do well and all that kind of stuff, um, helps a lot in that situation. 
Yeah, the, that alignment of incentives is is pretty essential. And, and isn't it bonkers that that exists more in a situation where none of us work for the same company <laughs> than than when we're all employed by the same? I mean, you know, like you would think the opposite would be true, but um, yeah, in my experience, at least, it has not been. Yeah, I'd agree. Everybody's pulling their own weight and has their own thing to do. So <laughs> you get a bunch of individuals instead of this, like, everybody was told to be there and everyone wants to have the last word, which is a real common issue when you have multiple lawyers. It's just like, um, especially older lawyers that I've worked with have this, like, unbelievable ability to, like, keep talking, which you know clients are anxious because of the ticking clock. So you're just like, okay, man, you said it three times. Shut up. <laughs> Everyone's uncomfortable. I don't know how they're not sensitive to it. Um, but just it, it's um, kind of brutal. And I really like it. It's a profession that attracts people who love to hear themselves talk. <laughs> Mainly because they're getting billed by the hour. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, it starts out that way. But then after a like, career of it, I think it's like a... <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't throw stones because I'm like actually talking on a podcast right now. <laughs> so. That's right. You're just not charging anybody for it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But so what are some of the ways that like not having to run a business that way? Because I have to tell you, I represent so many companies and watching them all jockey with each other to get things done is most of what they do. So being a freelancer, like what are the ways to liberate yourself? And I mean... Not to liberate yourself, but to take advantage of the fact that you don't have to do that. <sighs> yeah, ask that same question a different way. I think that's a good, I think it's a good question. So, yeah. So, like, you're, we, I, I think I know that I spend a lot less time um, doing dumb, non-productive stuff at work because I don't have to meet with a bunch of people. But also, like, a lot of my competition is companies that have a whole bunch of people that have to weigh in on every decision, whereas that's not the case for me. So how, like knowing that I have this ability to make my own decisions for myself, how can I use that to set myself apart um, from the crowd, uh, you know, in marketing and provision of services, I guess? Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, immediately, the thing that comes to mind is agility. You know, like uh, being able to jump on something. Uh, I often kick myself for not starting the podcast seven years ago. You know, like um, the fact that I and, and that was probably some of the mindset that you develop as being employed, traditionally employed. But I was like waiting for someone to to give me permission. And like, yeah, I, I don't have to do that anymore. And I'm very thankful for that. Um and so that's one of the things, you know, like, uh, being able to just golf and do stuff The you know, downside of that, of course, for me is I'd start a whole bunch of stuff and do it for 10 seconds and then get distracted by some other shiny thing and run off and do that instead. And so there's not the follow through. Right. Um, but from, from a work perspective, those are mostly passion projects. I'm guilty about that, um, with, but I think from a work, um, perspective, Certainly the agility, like new trends, jumping on those is, is hugely beneficial. And like what I wonder, and I'd love your thoughts on this is like, I'm not so sure that I couldn't just like jump on a trend too early, figure out that it was a dumb idea, change back to whatever I was doing before and do that more quickly, more seamlessly 
than I would have if I was just sitting in the situation where I'm surrounded by people and we all have to come to consensus of whether to do it or not, or whether it's the right decision or not. Like, I almost feel like there's like, I'm able to move so quickly. I can try perhaps succeed if not fail. And then, and then like recover in the same amount of time, a bigger organization just takes to like make the decision or make the step forward. Um, and that seems like a huge advantage. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. You can, you can try something super new. And th- I mean, for instance, right. Um, you know, uh, this is like the, <laughs> the oldest school thing in the world, but like not a single law firm ever worked for had a Twitter account because they're big stodgy law firms. Um, so I started my own law firm and of course immediately got a Twitter account that I totally neglected because like you have to really nurture those for them to be meaningful <laughs> um, and deleted. <laughs> And I don't think anyone ever noticed. Um, but getting to the poor part where they had a Twitter account would have taken like so many meetings for, I mean, I'm sure they had had that brought up to them as a possibility and everybody just shot it down 20 times. So, yeah, I can see a situation where someone makes someone write out a bunch of tweets of the kind of content that they'd have and like do all this kind of stuff that is, you know, that is a complete waste if, if ultimately they're not really thinking they're going to do it in, in the first place. Yeah, I would agree. So I think you're right. Like you, you just can be playful almost with, um, the trying on of different things. And, um, for instance, like flat fee structures, um, that's a thing that law firms love to advertise. And I had a client today say your, um, website says you do flat fees. And I was like, yeah, but uh, you know, I kind of do ranges because I found that the only time I wasn't getting the shaft is when the client was getting the shaft and I didn't want either to happen. Um, you know, but it took, I was on a committee on a law firm to see if we wanted to consider flat fee structures. And I considered them, did them, do them sometimes, like have complete freedom in that way. One of the things I'm looking forward to, uh, the bookkeeping software I use has said publicly that they're about, to, that they will roll out this particular feature in early 2019. Uh, the feature has not come out yet. I'm eagerly waiting to figure out what early 2019 is. Um, but they're going to allow me to store, um, client cards and the bookkeeping software and just charge them, um, as I invoice. And I will 100% leverage that to the best of my ability. Cause that is awesome, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yes, more fees for me. Fine. Take my money. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent. You'll yeah. get instantaneous payment. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, I'm happy to wait to the last day that the invoices do or whatever, that kind of stuff that the client wants to, wants to do. But, um, you know, that's one of those things that like I've lived before in, um, uh, in firms and agencies where like the transition to something like that was pretty significant, you know? And I, I, I get an advantage because like, I only have to convince like, you know, six to eight people of, of making that change, you know? Uh, so it's not like I have like, you know, tens and tens of people that I'm having to reach out to and convince. Um, and, but there's also like zero internal strife for people saying, Oh, well, you know, what about this edge case that will be a, a problem? You, you know, like that's a good enough reason to not do it. Right. Um, and so anyways, I, I've, I have stuff like that where I'm just like sitting, waiting, can't, can't wait for, for the, the hammer to drop so I can jump all over it. Um, and you know, super awesome. There's a, 
uh, opened my, my ongoing saga of trying to find a business bank account that isn't just horrible. Um, continued last week when this new bank was announced and it was like the third day the bank existed <laughs> and like I opened an account, you know, like there's That's a lot true. of, there's a lot of people I've worked with before that would have not permitted that to happen. Um, I feel okay about it for a number of reasons, but, uh, it's my judgment, my money, it's fine. Um, so I don't know. Stuff like that seems really interesting and seems like an opportunity to to run out and um you, you know, loosely be an expert in a particular thing before anyone else can get it together enough to do so. I like that. I think it's worth paying more attention to because we're I mean, that's just such a, a an edge to have on the competition. And I feel like I don't take as much advantage of it, especially now as I should. I mean, or maybe I just don't appreciate it. Like I was thinking today, maybe I'll do like a promotional thing for uh, women-owned businesses to like make up for the wage gap. And I could, I thought mid-conversation with somebody today about just saying, hey, I do this promotional thing. And then, you know, I was like, oh, I'll give it a little bit more thought. (laughs) I I think that's a fantastic situation. Uh, I'll give you another uh, scenario that I haven't told you yet, but today... We were um, at a, a store getting Rachel, my wife, some running shoes. And uh, one of the folks that worked there just happens to be our neighbor. We'd never really talked to them. They, they live like right across the street from us. But, you know, me and um, and they haven't been like, over, you know, overwhelmingly extroverted either. And uh, so I was like, wait a minute, you're 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 a neighbor, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, And so, like, you know, we had the whole conversation. And you're like, cool, we're moving next month later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deuces. Um, and so out of the conversation, I was asking her what her husband did, and he was uh, he's a hemp farmer. And I was like, hey, I don't know if this would be helpful, but, like, my sister's an attorney that knows, like, stupid amounts of about him farming. Like <laughs> he needs legal work. You know, like I, I would love to make that connection. Cause I would imagine there's not many people that, that had like did their, you know, law school thesis on, on the topic. And, and like, that's just one of those weird things that, I mean, you know, maybe you could find a dozen clients that like have needs in that super niche area, but that's all you like. I mean, that's still super worthwhile for you. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, that's you know. so cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was just so odd because it was like, I couldn't possibly be making this up. Like, it's too yeah. random. You know, it's oh, like, uh, oh, farming. I, I know this great attorney that's in my networking group that I'd love to give you their yeah. card. You know, it's not yeah. that. It's, uh, it's just super bizarre. But that's anyways. awesome. That's so organic. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think that that is exactly the kind of thing that it, it like, just representing cannabis companies is a thing that most law firms can't or won't do. Yeah. We we have largely wondered what the huge glowing blue light from the back of their home has been. <laughs> and we've had some like, you know, uh, was it was that movie with Tom Hanks? The, was it The Burbs? Where it was like they were oh, yeah. super I never uh, saw that, but yeah. suspecting of a neighborhood, uh, like the creepy neighbors. Um, our neighbors aren't creepy, but we've been like, what's going on over there? And so then like today she's like, yeah, he's taking over my sunroom, like, you know, doing cloning plants. Like, and we're yeah. like, oh. oh, that makes so much more sense. Like <laughs> the mean, electric company is like, this one house is using 20 times the electric of everyone around it. I need to call the local authorities and retract some messages I left on there. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. Just kind of uh, bizarre how that kind of yeah. stuff happens. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. So yeah, I think, 
probably I'm going to spend a little bit more time thinking about uh, that agility factor and trying to use it to my advantage or at least appreciate it where I have it. Yeah. I, I think something for me, as we're talking about this, I'm realizing like what, it, like this Hollywood model um, is, is usually what it's referred to in articles where like, you know, a group of freelancers comes together for a project and disbands afterwards and you kind of get the the best or most applicable sets of skills, not just like what one agency would have to offer, but just like, you know, like I, my mind's like going to like, yeah. yeah, like how could I do that better? Like, how could I, like, could I create a, you know, formalize that somehow with some, some folks that I'm working with that, I, that are, you know, super, uh, that I respect a lot. And could we create something there that is, uh, has value in and of itself, you know, that someone could go and say like, Oh, I want to hire this collective of people and, and kind of be able to pick off the shelf, the people with the skills I need and, you know, get like a totally custom solution to marketing problems. And that's, you know, that's super interesting and super great use of, of this collaboration to some degree. That's a really good way to think about it. Cause, um, uh, that's some kind of the concept of my little independent law group. And, and I haven't done a good enough job of um, weighing in is this like a la carte specialties of lawyers instead of paying for a big law firm that does everything you can um, just get the ones you need when you need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, you think the, the pendulum kind of swings back and forth between these big massive firms like law or, or marketing or whatever that, that can offer all the things Versus like people that just want to bring stuff in house, you know, and the simplicity of that. And this is kind of a really interesting hybrid, I think. So um, kudos to you guys for like blazing the trail on that on the legal front. Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't figured out a way to communicate that to the consumer effectively is the problem. So that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> mm, noted. All right. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Weird. Th thank you. Thank you for obliging my uh, my desire to talk collaboration. Yes, collaboration innovation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Buzzword. <laughs> talk to you next week, where um, I think we are going to have uh, a pretty cool episode. So yeah, uh, I'm excited. It's still in the guest works. star. Yeah, guest star. Guest star. So we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Later, right. bro. See it. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.